1987, I dialed a friend to come bail me out of jail. Later that morning, around 4 a.m., while sobbing, I dialed my girlfriend to tell her that I had totaled her car and was given a DUI. Sometimes it's difficult to separate yourself and who you are from your own suffering. Hello, my name is Gordon and welcome to my podcast. Last week was the first time I've taken a week off from work and I couldn't tell you when. It's not something to brag about, it just is. Work has always been my fulcrum. In spite of the daily stress and chaos and struggle, there's a lot of satisfaction in my work in helping others, and we're good at it. As I finish reading, why has nobody told me this before? I'm reminded of all the things people do tell us. They tell us all the things we need to do to live our best life. You know, get fit, get married, have kids, travel, become rich, take mud baths in Santorini. And the list goes on and on. They also tell us to be ourself. I don't know. This confuses me. I suppose we get so wrapped up in what, what others want us to do and say that we lose sight of what we want, what we really, really want. Hard to believe that song came out in 96. Anyway, I know I struggle to know what I want. Maybe, maybe you do want to go to Santorini. Maybe you do want to go back to school and get your MBA. Maybe you do want to join a gym. Maybe you do want to quit your job and start your own business. All I'm saying is that you are on a path whether you like it or not. Make sure that path is uniquely yours and not someone else's. In 1987, I was on a path of self-destruction, but I didn't know it. On the podcast Hidden Brain, Shankara Vindantam, he's the boss, man. Y'all need to look him up. He has an episode titled, What We Gain From Pain. (laughs) So, of course, I turned it up. In it, they discuss the three reactions we have to pain and trauma and suffering. The first is suppression and avoidance. We keep moving without taking specific notice or responsibility for our own suffering. We become hardened and desensitized to it and therefore never learn from it. The second is the superhero trope or post-traumatic growth narrative, which states adversity leads to positive outcomes no pain, no gain. It almost idealizes suffering and suggests that we can benefit from our trauma. The third is the spiritual response to trauma and suffering. It's the recognition that nothing about suffering is necessarily good, but suffering is unavoidable. The best that can come from suffering and trauma is our willingness to become softer, more compassionate, and more creative as a result of it. It opens our eyes to the plight of life, and that's likely not a bad thing. It opens our hearts to others and their suffering. In 1987, I remember sitting on the floor crying, realizing this has happened to many others before me, and my compassion for them grew exponentially. That's the only good thing to come from that night. Well, that and deciding to change my circle of friends from that day forward. It was my fault, and 
It was my responsibility to be better. The words equilibrium and equanimity have popped up in my daily reading lately, often. And as we all know, suffering and pain throw us off kilter. And in those times, we want nothing more than to get back a sense of balance. Equilibrium sounds peaceful. Equanimity sounds hopeful. So how do we define our path? the course or direction in which we are moving both physically and mentally. As a simple guy, I don't dwell on this often enough, but I do think this path should be, you know, defined by your values. Unless, of course, you're in Wales and you have no idea which path to take since your golf ball went that way and not the other way. Life feels like that sometimes, though, and you can feel a loss of equilibrium. Maybe that's when you should stop and recalibrate. Good friends can point out which fairway is the correct one and which hazards to avoid, but you still have to choose your target and hit the ball. Holy shit, I lost so many golf balls in Wales. <laughs> Somewhere I read equilibrium is finding growth without losing yourself. I like this a lot. I think of growing as, I think of growth as driving five miles per hour or 85 miles per hour. As long as you're intentional and aware of where you're headed, then forward is good. And good is good enough. Speaking of change, NF was just rapping about it and said, taking the wrong turns, acting like I know where I'm headed. <laughs> and I laughed. Because isn't that what we all do? We get on our path and become too stubborn to pay attention and change our direction. My flaw is I'll just put my head down and keep trying. Recently, I stopped helping at the Humane Society. It wasn't that it wasn't a good thing. It's just that I didn't enjoy it like I thought I would. I'm glad I did it, but I'm glad it's over. I should have stopped sooner. Pay attention to how things make you feel. How we perceive our own suffering and trauma determines how it affects us. In Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meeting, you can see how he separated himself from his suffering. He had no control over his external conditions, but he owned his internal dialogue, which saved his life and the life of many others. Could you imagine? Growth from trauma isn't necessarily something to brag about, and I'm sure Victor would agree. I saw an IG story where this woman kept saying, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? I bet people who are saying this also say they're pro-detachment. Not me, man. <laughs> I want to know how many teeth you brushed this morning. I want to know what you like on your bagel. I want to know what makes you happy and what makes you sad. I want to know when you'll be home so I can meet you at the door. This week I heard Beach Fossils sing, everybody's chasing after everyone, after someone else's dream and I just want to live my life. Don't be like everyone. It's your life. It's your path. You get to choose. Is your life better off because of trauma and suffering? Well, 
As a student of Oliver Berkman, my answer will always be, it could be worse. But we all know it's more complicated than that. In 1987, after sharing my story with her at 4 a.m., she asked, Are you okay? Thanks for listening. Have a great week.